0: Real Life, Real Conversations, Motivational, Fitness, Self-Defense, Weight Loss, Live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox.
1: Okay, here we are. We have, uh, like I've said before, on and- it's fitting on Veterans Day that we have a, a combat vet that we get to talk to, so I'm, I'm here today with John Viverka. He's one of our Krav Maga school owners, and I will let you, let you introduce him to you guys and let him tell you his when he started in the Marine Corps, what his rank was, and what he served. How you doing today, John? You good? Yes, sir. I'm good to go. Okay, so why don't we go ahead? Why don't you tell us the years, uh, when you decided to go in, and how long you served, and what your battle looked like?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've always known I wanted to be a Marine since I was in middle school. It sounds kind of weird. Um, but before then, I mean, I was, I was a kid, and I thought jets were cool. Top Gun was awesome and everything like that. I didn't <laughs> want to be Navy. Uh, sorry, Dad. Um, so just went and uh, had that passion, decided I wanted to be a grunt when I was in high school. Obviously, 9-11 happened. That kind of changed things for me. I remember waking up. My dad was gone. He had to, he had to pull the sub out, and uh, we didn't know who was who yet. You know, or who caused the attack at that point. But in my head, I was already, you know, going down that path thinking that we're going to be going to war for a while. And um, the following years, I ended up joining the Marine Corps, um, ended up at 1st Battalion, 5th Marines. Uh, that was a story in itself. I was a combat replacement. Uh, so I joined around 2002. So I joined 2002, September 9th, um, and uh, turned 18 in boot camp. That was fun. <laughs> So you turned 18 in boot camp. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. that was extraordinary. Well,
1: did they celebrate with you that day? I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> um, they didn't find out
2: till later. They were mad. Uh, the DIs were pretty mad. Um, so I joined up with my unit as a combat replacement uh, for Corporal New Miller, uh, and then it was a. Uh, I joined up with them in Dwania, and so it was already done. You know, as far as the invasion goes, did a couple. Uh, security and stability operation missions with uh, the unit came back did a workup we were supposed to do 31st Mew kind of thing and uh getting ready to like you know go on these like liberty calls and all okay. this good stuff and then they're like hey you're going to fallujah so <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah that was pretty much how it happened for the second tour um did operation vigilant resolve um spent some time over in fallujah did algarma and then um came back did another tour in armadi uh, in '05, and then decided it was time for me to go and just get out of the Marine Corps. Um, but that was 2002 to 2006.
1: So how long did you serve? Um, how long did you serve? How many, how many tours did you say you did? One, two, I did three.
2: I mean, you I was a combat three. replacement for my first one, but, uh, uh-huh. two full tours after that. Why don't, you, why
1: don't you explain to everybody what combat replacement means for that? For yeah. So don't, don't understand that.
2: Usually what happens in a unit, you have, uh, uh, what, what they turn what, what they deem uh, combat efficient and so you want to make sure you maintain combat efficiency uh with properly trained marines and uh you want to fill roles so it's like when you start losing marines based on like uh you know wounded killed in action you want to kind of fill those numbers back up and so that's what i was you know i, was, I mean it is what it is it's numbers right right and so yeah one Marine goes, you need to have another Marine come in. It's like, you know, someone else gets bumped up into that billet and then the other Marine fills up the space for, you know, what they call TO. And it's just to make sure that we're operational. And so that's what they did. You know, they want to make Mm -hmm. sure if something happened, you know, that the unit was still operating with efficiency.
1: Yeah. I think that's good. I think that sometimes we just kind of talk and we don't realize that there's some people that really doesn't realize what's going on in the, Mm -hmm. in the military uh, uh, mindset there and what, you know, what these, what that means. So I think that's, that's good that people understand what you did. And then, so your next ones, so you're in Fallujah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the main invasion already done? Yep. I mean, was Baghdad Daddy uh, still <laughs> around or was he, <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Uh, there, we weren't there or nothing was, you know.
2: Yeah, so we, we finished the invasion. Uh, we did a workup. Uh, I ended up going to – so during that time, we were, we were getting ready for a Mew, which is a marine expeditionary unit. Uh-huh. And so every year they cycle in. Uh, they have like the 31st Mew, the 15th Mew, And so on our end, on the West Coast, we had the 15th Mew. And, uh, we were getting ready to, to do some operations. We did a workup in Okinawa. Then at the last minute they told us to change up our gear list, said, Hey, you guys are going to Fallujah. And so we switched up our Kami greens to, uh, digital, uh, digital deserts. And, um, you know, uh, we just got ready. Um, we, we were training for, st- uh, security and stability operations, um, and so we went from, so what, what Alpha Company was at that point and with 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, that's who I was with, right? Uh, we were getting ready to do boat raids. So our company, our specialty was to get on black Zodiacs, like little rubber rafts, you know, with, with uh, 55 Enforcer engines. And we'd go ahead and insert at night or, you know, whatever, you know, during the day, either, you know, rescue, you know, uh, POWs whatnot, or whatnot uh destroy an enemy encampment and so you know it's just uh, a switch so we went from doing that kind of operation to hey we got to start taking people's teeth in door to door and uh right. <laughs> let the dogs off the leash kind
1: of thing <laughs> i so john you can't see it here but john keeps turning because his. <laughs> It's just so you guys know, the little the little footprints that you keep hearing, dit dit dit. So John has a bulldog. He actually has the Marine Bulldog as one of his dogs. <laughs> his name's Cooper, and that's who you hear in the background. So it's only fitting on Veterans Day that we have Cooper the the Marine Bulldog here with us. Okay, yep. so every time you hear that little bit of pitter patter feet, that's who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it's right. It's only fitting that we'd have him. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, uh, you know, but we're pretty dog friendly here anyway. So it doesn't really that doesn't really bother me. Um, So I know you we've talked of now. So for you guys that are first, those that know me are those that are just now kind of getting getting to uh, be introduced to me. I'm I have martial arts schools. I've had them for a while now. And. John and I, just so you guys know, have become pretty close since he's opened up his own school at this point, and being a training partner of mine in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, something that we just kind of uh, took on together, and and we've been going through these ranks um, uh, together and putting a lot of hours in on the mat together, and so we've gotten to be pretty close, and so I've been wanting to do this podcast with you for a while because I know that we've had some intimate talks, and I think it's appropriate at this time that we have a love for uh, our military and our police and, and, and what they struggle with. And so I want to, I want to ask you about, well, first of all, did you have friends that passed in battle with you? Short you know?
2: answer. Yeah. Short answer is yes. Um, and you know, it's like, it's, uh, you know, there it's. They're brothers, you know, the brothers right. and, and their sisters out there. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't know anyone personally as far as females, but yeah, they're all my brothers and, um, you know, uh, part of it, you have to make peace with it, you know, that they're in greater hands, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they're with God, but at the same time, um, you know, it's, it's even a struggle afterwards, you know, with the whole PTSD. Right. Um, some people deny it. Some people will, uh, accept it. And, uh, I was one of those people that accepted it a long time ago where it's like, uh, this isn't something that, you know, uh, is going to go away. This is something that's in your life, um, forever. And you just have to cope with it and you have to manage it. You know, it's, uh, it's not something that you will, you know, it's just like when we soar that oath. we don't, we don't intend to be defeated at all. Mm -hmm. You know, we intend to fight. And to me, it's like, I don't want that enemy to continue winning so i'll resist it any
1: uh, you know at every turning point you know right and i think that's that attitude john i think that's why the martial arts was such a good fit for mm-hmm. you because if you really are a true martial artist or or a fighter per se uh just these these never give up type of attitudes is what what we look for i think it's why you and i click so well um we will push each other you know we'll bleed we'll push and and uh, make sure that You know, for all times, mission's done. Even on the mat, right? Mm -hmm. We'll shake hands and we'll move on. But yes, sir. Right. So, with that being said, without big stories about it, the so you told me before, and I think you know the audience will be interesting to see because I, I I think that our military is kind of, you know, they're it depends on the era though, right? You know, they're either they're looked at in in reverence or they're or they're ridiculed. I mean, it, you know, it's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, same with the police officer, right? Yep. You know, we're, we're looked at uh, with uh, reverence or we're looked at as ridiculed. The, the, what, how, however that looks. But just like anything else, we, we push forward. And even those that would uh, talk bad of us or whatever, we'll still run into battle for them. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a mindset that an ordinary person just doesn't have. And so that's why we've always had immense respect for each other as far as that goes. But you also told me, too, that before Krav Maga, um, let's talk about where you were a little bit more dark and uh, you, had, you, you were struggling. Let's, let's talk about what that looked like.
2: Right. So um, before I even found Krav Maga, I was, I was going through um, some struggles with PTSD. I was – you know, it's weird um, – when you leave the military, you kind of wander the earth, like kind of find yourself, right? And you're like, well, what, pers- what purpose do I have left on this earth? You know, um, this is why a lot of guys will end up wanting to go back into the military because they don't, they don't fit or they don't feel like they fit or they belong in the civilian world. Um, and sometimes it takes a long time to find a purpose. You know, I got a lot of buddies of mine now that are uh, they're, they're cutting their teeth on, on creating gyms, uh, a lot of fitness stuff you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, whether it's like the products of like a fitness products, gy- they're opening up their own gyms. I see guys that are doing Brazilian jiu um, uh, both running their own, like, like competitively or just, you know, doing stuff uh, recreationally, um, business. Even I see people going into business just like, like myself. And I'm going, man, I got from myself. I thought it was best of both worlds. I'm like, I'm doing business and I'm also doing martial arts. Right. Cool that? <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I was going through a divorce eventually while I was doing Krav. I was a yellow belt at the time. Uh, I was a yellow belt. No, I became an orange belt in Krav Maga. And uh, this is under the uh, American Krav Maga Federation that you guys, is, you know, you guys founded. Um, but during that time, I was like learning how to deal with uh, divorce, uh, PTSD, um, new jobs, moving. All this stuff was going nuts. And the one thing that kept me grounded was martial arts. You know, it, it sounds strange. It's so funny that we're sitting here together because the first time I met you was uh my instructor uh you know Mr. Chris Crouch, uh, from Burbankrov, he uh was doing his first degree black belt, and it was a final black belt test. And I remember what you said when you were talking about you know you don't know what kind of impact you have on people, whether you're a black belt or an instructor, right? And you don't know whose lives you're gonna save because it may not be physical self defense. It might be you inspire others or lead them, and I was like, "This is nuts!" Like I was like, "This is the, this is the place I want to be," and it stuck with me. You know, even going through instructor course uh, when I was a uh, green Belt, um in 2012, or no, it was uh, January 2013 already. And I remember you talking about that in instructor course, and I was like, "Man, this guy's this guy knows whatever's gone on in his life." I was like, "He knows,"
0: mm-hmm. and you.
2: The one thing that clicked for instructor course for me was, um, no matter what happens in your life. This is the family. Martial arts will never turn its back on you. I was like, this is the one family you'll have. This is the one's consistency. And I've always lived by that. Um, no matter how bad of a day I had, no matter how good of a day I had, I went back on the mat because I know that that's not going to change. I can train. I clear my mind and my, you know, my soul per se felt right. purged mm-hmm. at the end of the night. And, you know, like you say, the mat doesn't lie to you, you know, no, it does not. It shows you who you are. And for me, it, help me continue being a warrior. You know, um that's the one thing a lot of us find find is that you can't turn that warrior off. You are a warrior yeah. always. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm also um working my way up through the dog brothers um tribe as well and they have a saying too where it's you know, walk as a warrior for all your days. And all that's pretty cool, you know. But in my head I already had that where it's like, you know, we always said in the Marines, once a Marine always a Marine. And I think that goes the same way for soldiers, sailors, airmen. Uh, you know, even the sailors for Coast Guard, (laughs) um, you know, uh, it's all the same. And someone, you know, a lot of people jokes like, yeah, I used to be in the military. Yeah. I used to be, that's a mindset thing. You know, how you talk to yourself, you know, uh, working under Sergio Machado, you know, he always says, you know, the warrior within is going to always hear that stuff. So never talk negatively about yourself, no self-deprecation kind of stuff. And it, it, this is the kind of people we surround ourselves with. That's correct. You know? That's
1: see, 100% correct. You know,
2: it's in your, cre- it's in your creeds and, and your credos where it's like, you know, perseverance. You know, I hear you talking about that with the kids. And when I teach juniors classes, same thing. You know, that perseverance yeah. is huge. And these kids, it's funny listening or watching these kids uh, they are growing up, they're like 7 to, you know, 17. They don't know how much that perseverance
1: word means yet. You know? Yeah, that's true. And I think, well, that uh, see, the martial arts is the great uh, unifier because... It, you don't end up having to be the top athlete to get the coach's attention. Mm-hmm. Perseverance will, will weigh out. As time goes, you can't help but get better and better and better. Uh, so and where the coach or the instructor starts watching you and starts watching your improvement. And we've talked about this a lot, uh, about that warrior mindset. Because I'm an older athlete now, so we've talked about this for a while, right? That, you know, being a, a pit bull when I came up the ranks and uh, and how much I enjoyed fighting and, and all that kind of stuff. And then as you get a little bit older and, and uh, a medical thing here or two will take that away from you. And, and I couldn't find that purpose either. I was like really super depressed. I mean, depressed enough that I had to. So I, for me, especially, like, so you think about me, that. I'm teaching courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self control, and abdominal spirit, yet I was over hundred pounds heavier than I am now. Mm. So where was my self discipline at that time? Where was that warrior spirit? And it wasn't until I had a life changing event that brought it back into focus and and sent me down that down that road. And I, you know, we talked about Sergio and the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and right, you're um, I, I have a purpose, and now that you have a school, you know you have a purpose that we're here to, you know, grow other people. Um, but I lost that that warrior thing because I couldn't get in the back in the ring and and throw leather, and I like to throw leather. And Brazilian Jiu Jitsu kind of brought that back to me, and it. You, you're right. It's it's a humbling. You no, know, Jocko talks about this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, about his Brazilian jiu-jitsu days and just how humbling it can be on the mat. Uh, <laughs> he's had some really good stories about, uh, about his, his jiu-jitsu days and just, you know, how important it is to, to hear that. So I remember when you said you were a little bit um, dark in, in the martial arts family and how that worked for you. Uh, so if people don't know, you started at Burbank Krav with mm-hmm. Chris. I mean, that's where you got your black belts. That was your instructor. Uh, I remember you coming up the ranks, you always had uh, you always had that same attitude, that same Marine attitude that you do today, so it's always been really good uh, and a pleasure to watch, um, because you guys are here, we're on a podcast, but if I can visualize, give you a visualization of John for a second, so there's many times John would come as a partner, just so you know, and this is the kind of mindset I hope people understand, what, and why we attract to, to, uh, people that are, are like this, but John, I remember when you would be a partner and a couple of times, just before you and I were close, I just, I, you know, I knew you as, as John Verka and, you know, you're kind of the, the pit bull of that studio, right? <laughs> like I was the pit bull of my school. And so, but if your partner was dogging it, you were there right there with him. And every time there was a burpee to be done, if he was struggling, you'd do it for him. Or, or you'd be right there on the ground with him, and get back up, and and push that person through our cauldrons or whatever else that we were doing at the time. And I remember that resonating, going, you know, that's a, that's the instructor's mindset to put others uh, before you and push them through. So I don't know if I've ever personally told you that, but this is kind of the stuff that I've seen when you were coming up the ranks that that really kind of a, a, attracted me to your tenacity, you know, with that being, with that being said, um, where, when you so you had a divorce, I had, I had the same thing, you mm-hmm. know, I had to go through a divorce and my studio never did turn this back. I mean, it's it's probably what saved me a hundred percent of the time. We, and you talked about being able to go to get in there and train, right? I, well, that's one thing I think we can all tell all of our, our students from our stories, it is like a cleansing, right? There's a. Mm-hmm. I know that we're both Christians, so there's a spiritual thing that happens with us with God, but it it's also a purification when we get to sweat it out. Yep. I mean, I had pretty stressful last week, and we talked about it, right? And, but after that Wednesday class with Sergio, it was just a uh, like a brand new week. It, it, it's just uh, I can't say it enough that hard exercise and putting yourself through that thing is going to be immense in your, in your growth as a human, for sure. So, uh, you know, I think we both agree on that. So yeah, w- I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you know, 22. Okay. So, you know, you hear this all the time, right. Or across the internet, we're doing 22 pushups mm-hmm. for veterans or, or, uh, there's a mission 22 that I, that I, I've personally, uh, um uh did money for and did some charity work for and mission twenty two is for the suicides of uh of our soldiers and just how prevalent it is I mean, you know our friend Joe that's in the military still he's about to come out and uh I don't know I've known him for how long now, and almost every time I hear from him, he's had another friend or another ranger that has taken his life mm-hmm. you know um and did you have those thoughts ever for yourself?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's something that, um, you know, it's uh, – I'm not going to go too into the weeds with this, but, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some, there's some parts, even when I was going through the – before I even got to the divorce part when I was, when I was previously married. Um, you know, you often think, man, it would have been so much easier just to catch a bullet, and that way my family would have been taken care of, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, by the enemy, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if I would have just died in combat, it would have been more glorious and all sorts of other stuff. You know, all these dumb thoughts. Uh, and I, I do say dumb because they're, they're – it's – you know, I, I've lost buddies from it, you know, and you see the aftermath. You see the aftermath. I mean, and, and it, I would – look, I know my brothers would take care of my wife. I know, and, and I mean in a good way. No Jody's yeah. out there.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, I know my brothers. <laughs> if uh, Pe- People are just going have to have to kind of let that go in their head and see what that really means. <laughs> um, but
2: I, I know my brothers would take care of my wife. You know what I mean? I know that's, that's what we do. Doesn't don't, say, matter. don't
1: say anything to Sean about that.
2: <laughs> Rod, if you're listening, I'm going to. <laughs> you and i are gonna have some work no, i'm a skin brother um so look you know like with with that being said like you know i know they would take care of her i know they made sure she got food you know because mm-hmm. they're gonna go through all sorts of stuff and I, and I see what happens to these guys and uh and their families and i'm like i would never want to put my buddies my brothers through that you know and that's and that's the bigger picture of things it's like you know, that's where you start thinking about purpose, more purpose and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I had thoughts and, uh, yeah, you just have to combat them. You know, you have to fight and, again, resist the enemy. In my head, um, if I were to take that, that way out, then those insurgents that I fought, those little bastards, you know, um, right. they would win, you know? And I'm like, I'm not going to let you win,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's – so that's – yeah, we speak about this, so – uh, as we talk about it, I want to make sure everybody's clear that I didn't get this. I didn't, not that I didn't get to, I didn't choose to serve in the military. You know, I was going to do that when I was out of, out of high school and I didn't, but I have got to be able to be on base and become an instructor, a civilian instructor in the military world. And it was very eye opening for me when I first started and to where I'm at today, you know, uh, coming from more of a, the police background into the military background is a little bit, uh, was a little bit different and you know the same thing happens in the police department whether it's mm-hmm. you know there and and today it's even more prevalent to talk about you know suicide thoughts or what what to end with or just just how demonized they are just how demonized our military are and so this stuff is real and we need to be able to take care of and I want to talk about purpose I think that's probably one of the best things that you you spoke to me even about some of your students that are vets now and how you just kind of lose purpose, right? You can, you can have a family, mm-hmm. but when you are set to told what to do every day, this is what you're going to do. This is the battle you're going to bid, and you're in there, and you're doing it, and you're fighting, and you know the mission, and then all of a sudden you're supposed to... Uh, go to Walmart and pick up groceries and you know, you're like, it's just what goes from point A to point B, right? It's just, it's a, it's a hard transition to, um, you know, the same with a police officer serving warrants or Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you're bounding doors down and you're, you're taking people, uh, into custody that are, scumbags right and or just beat their wife to death or they're threatening uh to to shoot their baby they're holding in their arms Mm -hmm. this kind of thing and then we're supposed to go to uh home and turn all that off it just doesn't turn off and i think we talk about this warrior mindset all the time a warrior's mindset never gets turned off it just does not uh we're we're a warrior when we wake up we're a warrior when we go to bed and so it, it just is what it is. So that thing about having purpose, I think, resonates well in the martial arts world. Where uh, if you go through the instructor course, I mean, so martial arts for everybody, right? Some people just want a casual something to do, and they like that camaraderie, and then it grows into, into this passion. Mm-hmm. Some are looking for uh, me personally. I thought martial arts was going to make me better than I was. Okay, because I didn't have any martial arts, but I, I I used to love to fight when I was, you know, <laughs> I just thought, oh, I want to do martial arts with my brother, and I'm just going to get even more bad. But boy, I will tell you what, it was a humbling experience when you get in your ass kicked and uh, uh, by somebody a lot smaller than you at will. I mean, that's a uh, that's a life lesson that I will not forget. Um, I'll give a shout out to Tom Bloom. He's the one that did it to me. Uh, but, Tom, if you are listening, I would like a rematch um, <laughs> so uh uh so with that you know with that being said, we've talked a lot about um our military, what it looks like to help them, and I have seen myself, even. So who I, I train is the, is using the ranger battalions. And right now, the last couple ones we did with Joe was, uh, the chaplain's assistants and where you're, you're, we're working with chaplains who are not allowed to have, uh, a weapon per se, mm-hmm. uh, well, a rifle, okay. Right. You can't have a, you can't have that on the battlefield. Yeah. And then you got a chaplain's assistants whose job is. To protect the chaplain mm-hmm. who doesn't have a weapon, except my experience is the chaplains are way tougher than any of the chaplains assistants, <laughs> which is just mind boggling to me, uh, at all. And I guess it's just, well, a couple of things just because usually they're a little bit older. The chaplains are a little bit older. They've already been in combat and they've already, or they've been in combat and put, went into the chaplains, mm-hmm. uh, uh, into the chaplains core, uh, core, right. And, you know, it's kind of what, I you know, I went that route with um, the police department where I went through the police chaplains thing because I I just think that being able to have as far as, and it's not just men or or women, it's just military and and police in general, to have somebody that you can talk to that's more, uh, what do I want to say, street, you know what I mean, that real You know what I mean? So, you know, we've, there's some experiences that are shared. You can be yourself. You know, if the F word flies out here and there, you're not being chastised by the chaplain, right? You can't, you can't seem to talk. And so you basically, you meet people where they're at. And so I think that that has been a, I've watched you for a while do this with your own, uh, with the guys around you. So you notice that you're bringing these more vets around you Mm. because you've, you've chewed this same dirt. You've, you've, you've uh, missed these uh, bullets zinging at your head, just like they have. You've had a purpose together. You've served our country and in uh, an honorable way. And they're the same way as you are. They're just trying to find purpose. And you being an entrepreneur and them being a martial arts school owner, you have decided you're going to pass that on just to your brothers. Just like you said, there's definitely a brotherhood um amongst the military, firemen, policemen, all, all that kind of stuff there's always mm-hmm. this strong brotherhood that that comes into play. So, you know, on Veterans Day, you know, we are here to speak about what our vets do. We don't you know, we don't like to get into a lot of stories. We don't like to tell a lot of stories. You know, we'll tell them amongst ourselves, but um, you know, that's another thing that's kind of a mystery. Uh for people when they're listening to podcasts is, well, what did you really do? Or what did you, you know, it's just not, unless you're, unless you're kind of there and privy to what's, what, what it is, you know, us explaining it is nothing like uh, being there. It's the same with martial arts, right? Well, what's it like to be a black belt or what's it like to go through that test or, or what the age old thing is. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't believe in belts. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. do belts. You don't do belts cause you don't want to do the test. Okay. That's the, <laughs> let, let's not, let's, Let's, you know, let's not sugarcoat what That's what right. it really is. Okay. You don't, you don't have a belt or you say you have a belt that you don't have, uh, because you don't want to, you don't want to go through the process of, of going through the work, you know? So why don't you, do, why don't you tell me from, from your perspective, everybody hears mine, but as far as real talk goes, what, what looks like, um, what's the values you instill whether they're 3 to 5 year olds up to your adults. Tell me when you're in your school, Once not you let people know what what it is, Krav Maga you're trying to bring to the table because we know when you if people don't know what Krav Maga means, um you know, everybody thinks maga is a uh, a political statement. <laughs> but in uh <laughs> I've got that. Uh, so Kroma Maga it stands for contact combat, right? Uh <laughs> and so uh and of course we have a you know, there is we have a very code on you know, we don't want we want to go home safe, and, That's right. and what that looks like. So, um, first of all, let's do a couple things here real quick. Why don't you say where your school's at, what the name of your school is, how you came up with your name, and uh, let let's get into the that portion of where you're at now in life, where you where you're you're starting to run your school, and, and let's just talk about how you have went through this pandemic thing. So let's start first of all with. Why don't you tell everybody where your school is and 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 the name of it and how you came up with it?
2: Yeah, so uh, I, I, uh, I'm the owner and chief instructor at Citadel Krav Maga. Uh, we're located in Canyon Country, which is like – it's in Santa Clarita. Um, but we're in Canyon Country off of uh, Soledad and Sierra Highway. Uh, so I came up with Citadel. I was looking to, for a bunch of names, I mean, for years. It took me years to kind of like settle down on it. I was looking at like there was like Alpha Krav Maga, all these, all these like crazy, you know. Very like uh, I'm already looking at mindset immediately because I want to when I have people look at the name, I want them to realize that yes, we're serious business. Um, yeah, you, you know, you're you're doing this as a hobby maybe or as a lifestyle eventually, but we're not just one of those schools. We're we're you know just like Chatsworth is. We're a, you know my intention is to make this a fighting school. You know, mm-hmm. um, so Citadel kind of came from the idea of like. The, when you're looking at you know, old school castles, you had a village all around the castle and you had this fortress in, in, uh, in the middle of the village or behind the village or surrounded by uh, uh, water and there's moats and stuff, but it was a defensive position you could fall back on, right? And you get all the villagers and you protect them, you get them in. And then the military or, you know, like the knights or whoever the, the, the warriors are, they would defend the, those who can't and protect those who can't. It, it was the idea of, well, if this is everyday life. I've got to bring that nice person in and release that, you know, person who's willing to do harm to those who, you know, in order to protect those that need to be protected. And sometimes that might be, you know, I don't have kids or anything like that. But if I, if I had nieces and nephews and I need to put them behind me, I would put myself in front of them, you know? Mm-hmm. If I'm with a buddy of mine that doesn't know Krav Maga, I would do the same thing. Or a female that wouldn't, you know, if she didn't know Krav Maga, I'd put them in front. You know, now my wife trains jiu-jitsu, so I just put her in front of me. she'll oh. choke them out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's the same idea. You know, Citadel, it's like, it's the same idea. Also, the idea of, you know, they're, everyone's got everyday life, and then they're pulling back into this position, this school, to train defensively. And then they can come back and leave. You know, they feel good and safe in there. And then they can, you know, learn to be a warrior and then leave as a warrior, you know. And if they need to fall back and they're having a rough day, or whatever the case is, they fall back to this defensive position, clear out their head, clear out their body, clear out their mind. And then they leave back and then they're, they're ready to go for the next day. So that's where I came up with the idea of Citadel. You know, it's very defensive and protective, but um, strong, you know, structured things like that. So I just want something strong. So sorry for the, the army graduates out there. If you ever came from Citadel, sorry, it's not what it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it, that's, that's where I got the idea, you know, and I wanted something to compliment. So when I drew up my, like this look, I went through like a ton of designers and, one day I'm just doodling and, and I created like this, uh, this logo with a shield, you know, so I had that idea of like protective, mm-hmm. um, had the mem in there. If you don't know what that is, it's, it's a Hebrew letters or K and M. So I put that in there and I stylized it. It's kind of got like this Hebrew Japanese look and it's inside the shield. And then you got battlements. If you don't know what that is, if you ever look at the top of a castle and it's like, you see the one brick and then there's a space and another brick, those are battlements, you know, and you usually have archers from the top. Well, I also put the star up there, you know, it's the American Krav Maga Federation star, the AKMF star. And I put that up at the top of the shield because that's our association with the uh, organization. You know, I wanted people to know that this is where the organization lies. And so there's loyalty to that organization too. Um, loyalty goes a long way, you know, and I want my students to be loyal to the
1: school. You know, if, if something
2: were to happen to me one day, I expect my students to pick it up and be like, let's carry it on.
1: Right. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel that same way. So that's so Citadel. Yeah, that's good. That, that's interesting because I hadn't I hadn't really asked you all the what the breakdown is, and it it, it does seem to be a, it's definitely a military thing, uh, uh, a law enforcement thing. You get these patches that mean stuff to you, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny. I'll tell you, you know, we, we whether we have coins, you know, that are you know, I've gotten a lot of coins from all different military units, and I think one of the one of the funniest coins I have out there, if you ever look at it from one of the range battalions is there's an alligator on the back. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Coin. And so that I, they said, okay, this is a special coin because in our, in their, in their mud pit or whatever they mm-hmm. had, well they were, you know, working out in it or fighting in it. what they were doing, There's an alligator that shows up. <laughs> and so, and so they're inside and here comes this alligator. And I guess that battalion killed that alligator and it, it hangs in their mess hall. And so they put it on the back of the coin. So I, I get all that. Um, that's pretty bad. That's right. How much more uh, <laughs> cool that can be? I mean, that's pretty cool. It's hard to beat, <laughs> right? And so it, that that was just a uh, just an interesting uh, coin. So it was, but it, it seems fitting that you that on how you have it. I remember when you were first starting out, and you know you were wanting to have a. Uh, of course you're going to want to have a military look that's the, that's that's mm-hmm. what you are you you are what you are you know what i mean so it seeing the shield and everything um like that so i mean how long since you've been taking krav i mean i think you talked to me i don't know how long have you been talking about wanting to have your own school and then oh, you man. took the plunge i think one
2: day i was working at a i so i used to do it Oh my gosh. I'm glad I don't do it anymore, but, uh, you know, it's, it's cool. I I had a, I had a, um, you know, I'm very mechanical. So, you know, my, my, my mechanical comprehension and and ways to solve stuff is there. So I was in it, obviously is kind of hand in hand, but, um, when I look at, uh, when it was, I think it was, I was a blue belt. It was around the time that you had me, you invited me over for that charity fight. And, um, I remember coming in one night and I told Chris I was just fed up with with uh, all the stuff going on at work and I go this is what I want to do. Every time I come into class I'm happy. Every time I think about this I'm happy. Every time, you know, I leave I'm happy. I was like I get a clear head. I restart my day. I'm good to go until I get to work. And um it's kind of neat cuz Gary Vaynerchuk even said one day where he was like you keep doing that job until you get physically sick to your stomach. And then, mm. then it's time to move to that next position. Now it's time to move on, pull the trigger on opening that business. And I, that's what I did. So it was probably back in 2014. Yeah, 2014. Sometime 2014, I came in one night and I said, Chris, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, I want to own my own school. And he goes, you know, I've been waiting for you to say that, say that because I could see it. And I was like what do I need to do with this, that? So I started getting my eggs in one basket, you know, and, and kind of collecting it up. And then, um, uh, one of my students at the time at Burbank, you know, uh, he kept on coming to my classes. Uh, his name is, uh, uh, Chris also. And one day he told me we're doing a private lesson. He goes, Hey, I'll give you X amount. You know, I'll throw this in the pot. You let me know when you're ready to open up your school. Two years later, three years later, we're doing a private lesson. I said, Hey, Let's have some lunch. I'm ready to pull the trigger, man. I'm done with this stuff. I want to do it. He's like, "All right, let's go." And I mean, you know me. Uh, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. If, if um, yeah. my dad's been laughing about that since I was a kid, you know. So when I said I wanted to be a marine, he was like, uh, he knew there was no way to talk me out of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was that was the end of it. And so same thing with this business thing, you know. Uh, luckily, I had a huge support. I mean, if and I'll be honest, you know, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be able to do this. And my wife, Jacella. Um, I, I wouldn't have been able to do this, you know, uh, she's been huge, like critical in helping me with my PTSD, helping me with, um, keeping and maintaining training, you know, um, not getting in the way of training. You know, she knows how healthy it is for me and she's found her own way in it, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which is cool. And, uh, yeah, so 2014 is about when I started, uh, wanting to do it. So when did you actually open then? So the year is? 2018, October, uh, I started filing my LLC. And that's mm-hmm. when I talked to you. I actually had to sit down lunch with you. Um, and uh, camera was right, right across the street. We had Mexican food. Right. I, I was you talking know. about logos and everything like that. It was really cool. I mean, um, you know, it's very, uh, very cool that you, you allowed me to, to gain your audience to, to talk to you about this stuff. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of people... When you see uh, mentors and leaders and stuff like that, uh, you know, you see uh, you're kind of, there's that alpha look and feel and you're like, man, this is going to be a, I got to, I got to help, you know, I got to, I got to figure out how to talk to this guy carefully. And also, <laughs> I just found out, I was like, okay, he's, he's a cool dude. And he mm-hmm. just, you know, he wants to listen. And that's the thing a lot of people mistake is that, you know, um, you know, Mr. Cox is, you know, y- you, you're um, very open-minded. You know what I mean? You're not. Like you said before, you don't like to put your thumb on people. You know what I mean. You don't yes, like I'm. The, I'm them down.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not my. Yeah, my mo. I, I, I have a reputation out there. That's why we call this thing at Real Talk. I, I'm. You know, the the thing about me, I'm I'm pretty uh, just upfront. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm. You know, I'm pretty direct, and yep. sometimes that serves me well. Sometimes it don't. Well, I uh you. But I don't really care. Um, <laughs> so. I remember us having lunch, and I remember I, I, you do have a, a really good wife at this time. I think we spoke about that too. I said, This is a, a critical thing in, in, in what you do if you're going to be a, a couple on how to grow it together, mm-hmm. you know, and know what boundaries are. And I tell this to every school owner, and usually I make sure that their wife is there listening to what I have to say because I've already been through this. Mm-hmm. Same as you with a divorce and, and, and everything else that, that goes with it. But when you got somebody championing you, Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, it's a strong woman on the, on on the backside. I I tell everybody this anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm a firm believer that a strong woman in your organization or in your school can really help push things. You know, uh, a lot, a lot of people are, 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 are standoffish from a strong woman. I think that they are essential in the push of a, of an organization so that you can see just how you can empower the other side. Cause let's just be real. I mean, we're not, I'm not, I don't think like a female. I don't do things like a female. You know, I don't know if that's politically correct. I don't give a shit about that either, but uh, (laughs) the, to be honest with you. Um, So, but I do know they have a really good intuition Mm -hmm. and and I think that they uh, they have a strong force on on how you are go- how you're going to be That's now right. um so I watched you know when we had that lunch i remember i, I remember i just I, what I'm trying to get to other people is watching where you came from into this dark place, so you know we, we've 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 talked about your marine corps we've talked about nine eleven that most people seem to seem to think they that didn't happen or they don't think about it. I mean, nine 11 passed this last time. And I mean, mm-hmm. if I saw a couple of things on Facebook, I was shocked. I was like, are you got to be kidding me? Okay. On what that was. I remember that day vividly in my head. Mm-hmm. I was sitting at a, a Vaughn's parking lot when I kind of heard it here in Chatsworth. And I was like, man, am I, am I living this right now? And I'm just trying to check how old I am. Can I get in there and serve? I mean, I was pissed. Okay and you know you know i have children at the time and we you know so all the uncertainty that comes with it to the point now that because it's 20 years ago or whatever uh you know what did it really happen you know what i mean i i, I don't know so so you know when I, i'm looking at at your life and what you did because i've watched you go go through these things and we've talked about where you're in the dark and and the suicidal thoughts and and how that mission 22 is real. And now you have this school and you're bringing in these vets and Mm -hmm. you're trying to help them with uh, what they struggle with. And then I watch you start giving them purpose, Mm -hmm. which brings them um, even more out of their, out of the shell. And it's been awesome to watch, you know what I mean? And, and to see, but then so, so October, 2018, but I don't think you opened officially until 2019, right?
2: Yeah. Uh August two thousand nineteen was awesome. So we're in Actually.
1: August of twenty nineteen mm-hmm. and we have this awesome day. I remember this day, John. We were uh this is where I really got to know your dad. You know what I mean? I yeah. your dad was there uh, when I was putting vinyl up for you on the windows mm-hmm. or something like that. And um Oh I that's got...
2: that was like yeah, so August was the soft opening and then September is when September, we did the right. yep, grand so opening. September, right. So the
1: grand yeah. opening, right? And I got to meet your dad and and uh we just, you know We got to talk a little bit it was it Mm -hmm. was fun and we weren't quite as close yet i'm just kind of what going going into seeing what you had so we're in september 2019 right right and we're like on to this new uh venture and october november december and then here comes 2020. oh man yeah okay with a (laughs) pandemic right into this brand new business where you don't qualify for a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then here we are, hit right square in the face with a pandemic. And, you know, we spoke a lot on the phone, and I think we – I think your training from uh, the Marine Corps, from our Krav Maga, just the men that you you surround myself, who I surround myself with, and I don't know what – so for my audience that listens – I tell my children this all the time. You are a product of who you hang out with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I said, so if you want to know what your inner circle is, that's what you're going to be. So if, if you want an inner circle that's going out drinking and, 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 and womanizing or doing whatever, that's exactly what you're going to fall into. Now, if you want a life that revolves around what your, your morality is and what you want in, out of life, you're going to surround yourself with that. And I have the same thing. Even though I'm most everybody's mentor— I do have a group of guys around me that that and they have to be super I I have criteria about men that I go with. Mm. And believe it or not, one of my men one of my criteria is, is do they have a strong marriage? Mm. Okay? And most of my mentors, there's one that does not, but most of them have a really strong marriage. Oh, that's interesting. And, yeah. Okay. And the reason for that for me was, you know, I failed at my marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, so there's a lot that goes around there. But you know, here's the thing: you know, we can blame each other all we want, but there's always two that go- goes into it, and it's a mm-hmm. learning experience. Uh, however, my marriage was, I have four awesome kids out of it, and Amen. I would, and and that's what's really directed my life. So I can't, I can't discount that. But I find that men that, that champion their wives, champion everything around them. Mm-hmm. I find that men that don't champion their wives. Uh, and I'm kind of an advocate for marriage. I know marriage is not an easy game. Okay. Right. It, it's a, it, it's, it's a work. It's a struggle. You know, it, it also has to have a purpose and it has to manifest and it has to grow and you either going to grow together or you're going to grow to grow apart. It, it is what it is. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, and you're going to make those decisions mm-hmm. and, uh, love isn't the, it is the, I wish it was the puppy dog stage. Isn't that the greatest <laughs> stage of, of, of it is, but I mean, that's the shortest lived stage ever thank god okay
2: you'd go um, Uh, completely broke
1: yeah that's (laughs) correct right and so uh you know when you have somebody that knows your deepest darkest secrets and this is you know i i struggle with this and stuff and so in my own mentorship that's what i look for and that's what i like to surround myself with Mm -hmm. and the other thing is um are they successful uh not, not necessarily you know these these big successful millionaires, but are you successful in what you do in your area uh, mm. and because if you are somehow if you're successful in that area you're going to get you're going to be um you're either living comfortably or you have a good a good beat on things because money comes when you have a passion, it will follow it it just will but do you are you uh, a so-called philanthropist also, do you help others? Mm. Do I watch you give to others? Because I know a lot of people that have a lot of money, but they don't help people do squat. yeah I couldn't imagine being the, the, the man that if, you know the lot if I was a lot of winner, I'm telling you right now I would be one of these guys that would build wheelchairs for those that can't walk, that kind of thing right you know all that all that so I look for that in my own self right all right so these are, these are kind of the mentorships that uh, I look for, it, even for me, mm-hmm. and of course, the number one on the list. You, first of all, are you God fearing, okay? Because we, if you don't have God in your life, you're not. I'm not. You're not in my life as far as a mentor goes. Not that you're not in my life as a as a friend. I'm talking about for me, for my growth, me personally. Right. Okay, I'm not here to uh, to discount somebody else's beliefs. It's just for me in, in this core. So I think that. Uh, when When we talk about this uh these these type of things in martial arts schools and what that looks like, you want to make sure that uh you have all this and so I watched you right I watched uh, what you guys did together, and then this pandemic hit, and of course we 're all leaning on each other like what are we going to do now we could have did what right we could have withered up and died and let the enemy win that's right or we're going to give you the big double barrel you know shotguns (laughs) uh and 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 say okay we're going to do what we got to do and that's exactly what we did whether we went on zoom i know you guys watched what we did and you guys kind of followed suit and did your own thing on how you did it and and somehow we're getting on the other side of this thing uh, you know, being in California, are we ever on the other side of it? Cause you know, we're just kind of ruled by the, the almighty, uh, the almighty governor. But, um, you know, we, it's been a beauty to watch you and your wife go through this because in 2020, right, we're all going to sit back and go, well, we didn't make as much money. As we didn't think, but the beauty of 2020 is going to be surviving it. Yep. And going to be looking back, okay, what's the good and the bad? And when you really look at the bad, what is the bad? Uh, what, that we got to spend more time with our family? Uh, w- there was uh, less traffic. <laughs> there was, right? <laughs> yeah. the, the the worst part, right, is, is business took a hit. Mm-hmm. And we had to do what we had to do to, to keep above water. But now that we've done this, Can you imagine how our martial arts schools can help those that are struggling Mm -hmm. with suicidal thoughts today? Because it's not the COVID as much as it is the mental game that everybody's playing. Hey, you know, I'm going to be losing uh, my home or I don't know if my job is here anymore. And all the stuff and all the stress that comes with that, Mm -hmm. it's the same PTSD that it is for these guys. Because I got to wake up and say, am I going to be in the street or am I going to my kids going to be able to eat? Do I have to go down to the church to get Mm -hmm. food? or whatever it is. Uh, and so we are trying to teach. Isn't that the beauty of, of, of martial arts or whatever? Whether you're training in, in, in you're training even in the military, in the police, or in the martial arts, isn't about how do I survive? It's about I am going to survive. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so when we're fighting or we're down and out or what that looks like, um. We, however, it is we're going to survive. We're going to survive. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that you know you I gave you a a, a platform to talk to some other vets. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're getting ready to wrap it up here, but I I want you to, uh, so you you chewed you know you've chewed the the battlefield with a lot of other brothers that and sisters that are out there fighting for this awesome country. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, it's probably why, um, uh, you know, my respect level for those that put their life on the line, you know, uh, and if you haven't done it, just shut your mouth. Cause I just don't have no time to listen to your, your garbage. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's a sincere thank you for me, you know, when I, I look at it, but I, what I'd like to do is why don't you talk, give me, give me uh, some last thoughts on veterans that you feel right now that may be listening to our podcast today mm-hmm. and are struggling with these thoughts uh, that you can say, Hey, you know, here's some steps I've done. And, and of course, any vet can probably reach out to you at right out at your oh, Citadel yeah. school. You know what I mean? So, uh, that's just not an, an issue. We'll, 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 we'll talk about this after you talk to everybody about how to get a hold of you. But, uh, what do you, what do you think, uh, is something good to say to some of your, your vet friends here for veterans day?
2: Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's, it's funny how, um, You know, there's a community of veterans, but I want to extend this to not just veterans, but you know, I got fellow friends that are law enforcement. I got I got friends that are veterans that are law enforcement, right? I got friends that are just law enforcement. Anybody in the emergency emergency medical services industry, nurses, docs, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these service folks uh, go through a lot. I mean, there's. I mean, I look at law enforcement. I'm like, they don't, they don't do a deployment and they come home. They're doing it every single day. And they come into the studio every day. And I can see it, you know, where it, it, something wears on them a little bit. And, um, you know, whether they want to talk to me about it, sometimes they, they tell me about, they ask me questions about, hey, you know, so this happened. And how do I, uh, how do I get out of this situation? Or what, what, how can I approach the situation if it happens again? And I'm looking at it not from a, well, here's an answer for you. I look at that as a, as a therapeutic way to be like, there's an answer, but I want you to, we're going to relive this for a brief second and you're going to have a solution. So it doesn't eat them up for the rest of the week. Right. Thanks. I mean, it's, I can't do the same thing. I can't replicate it with like someone who lost a patient or something like that, if they're a nurse or a doc, mm-hmm. but I can help them get through it as best I can in a way I know I can. Cause, um, you know, with, with the veterans and it just, it's, it's tough as it is. It's tough when you don't know how to cope. And so when you have someone you can talk to, you know, you and know, I've talked about this with law enforcement, especially uh, from your side of the story, you know, um, when you don't have someone to talk to and it's pent up and it just festers inside of you, that's the worst. Because those types of um, those types of situations will will eat you alive mentally, physically, you know, it makes you lazy. And that's where it starts to win. So, you know, if you're looking at it from a fighting and combat mindset aspect of it, you, you got to know, you got to not normalize it, but you need to make peace with it. You need to be able to find someone you could talk to. It doesn't have to be a therapist. It doesn't have to be a doctor. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're, you're. Uh, pastor, it doesn't have to be any of those folks. It just has to be some. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your, your best friend. Maybe it's a friend who has been through something similar. Maybe it's someone who's been through another traumatic. Expo- Look, I talk to people who have different types of trauma, and maybe they have uh, with with people with different types of trauma. Maybe they have. Uh, maybe it's a sexual trauma, right? And my trauma for PTSD is not going to be the same exact trauma they have. But we've both been through traumatic experiences to where, you know, I can be like, yeah, look, you don't want to talk to anybody about it because you don't want to revisit those feelings. I get it. And then all of a sudden they're like, holy snap, this guy knows what I'm talking about. And I'm like, you know, if you ever want to talk about how you're feeling about that in in, in any respect, you know, let me know. So my biggest thing is find somebody to talk to. I, I hate Personally, I hate the whole sitting in a group and talking about my feelings kind of thing. That's not what I do yeah I'm you not, know yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah you I, definitely know I, I definitely know uh, I'd rather smash pads that's right. I'd rather roll around and choke people out or they choke me out or whatever the case is and that's why I think the martial arts aspect's worse for us um, and again, I, I bring that up because we've got <coughs> we've got quite a few people in our in our schools, you know, both yourself and myself that have these issues, that have not talked to us, that haven't talked to somebody else. And this is what's cool. If you have a really good, strength, strong training partner, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody else. Use a training partner. Someone who's sweating, bleeding, um, getting stinky and nasty with you, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how intimate is that? I mean, that's, it's like you can't get any. It,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: next to taking off the pants. I mean, like that's you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's Whoever it is, it, there's an intimacy behind it, and it's like you kind of feel comfortable with that person you know, and, and going through it, you know, Mr. Crouch, that was, that was it for me when I was going through the ranks coming up to black belt. That's who it was for me. You know, he was there and I trained with him and I sweat. And then I had other, I had other training partners. You know, there's Joel Sedano for a time period. He was helping me with my black belt first degree. And, you know, him and I got close, you know. But it, I was like, these are the training partners that you can start to rely on. You know, now I got different training partners. You know, I got my instructors. I got, you know, Sean Rodriguez. I got Lauren Stone. And, you know, they've been through their own crap. You know, and Mm -hmm. now these are my cadre. These are my folks. This is my team as well as my students, you know, but I can only let it go so far. Right. As far as like personally. And so with my team, with my cadre, with my, with my instructors, I can kind of do the same thing. You know, I let them know if something's bothering me to a certain extent, but the gripes, the gripes, you know, they don't, they don't go um, in my direction as mine don't go down in their direction as much as theirs goes up to mine. You know, I want to make sure that they're handled, they're taken care of. I got my wife. She's my training partner too. You know what I mean? I've got other training partners. I got you. You know, I've got um, Ashley Sage. You know, she does, she helps me with a lot of dog brother stuff. And so, you know, with you and the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu aspect, I mean, I talk to you about certain things, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. And so the same thing I could say is make sure you talk to somebody, get it off your chest, you know, make peace with your demons. Whoever your demons are, you know maybe it's someone you encountered in engaged combat, hand, you know hand to hand, weaponry combat doesn't matter. You couldn't save a page. Find somebody to talk to because if you don't, it just sits in there and you start to play the what if games and you start to play all these dumb games that PTSD usually um are uh, the symptoms of PTSD, you know, uh, you know, uh, survivor's guilt. That's happened to me watching movies and I'm going man, <laughs> yeah. and I had luckily someone to talk to. And then that was it. It was just a thing of the past after that. It was like, oh yeah, I remember that time. That was it.
1: You know, but definitely find someone to talk to guys. I think that's, I think that's really good advice. I think that's uh that's pretty solid. I, I watching COVID, I think, listening to uh, you talk about, um, you know, emergency rooms and uh, physical therapists and mm-hmm. nurses mm-hmm. and doctors. It, it That's a welcome change from COVID. I can tell you. So you guys, you know, my girlfriend's a, a respiratory therapist also. So, she's incubating patients, I don't know how, however she says it, you know, all the medical jargon that goes in incubating, Intubating, yeah. So those that, you know, trying to save their lives and it's not just, or her, matter of fact, she was just telling me a story the other night where she was, her and a doctor were doing compressions for almost 45 minutes. She was just wearing her out, you know, and that's exhausting. It is. And I don't even think people really even understand what it's like to, be doing uh compressions on somebody for thirty minutes to try and save their lives and this is something she encounters all the time. So it's been a welcome change in the COVID to see right. heroes not be NBA players, NFL players and uh CEOs. It's 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 the ones that are getting their fingers uh mm-hmm. dirty in, in right in, in the in the thick of it. Whether it's uh you know, our military out there fighting, the law enforcement out there, we got doctors in there, we got nurses, and they're all on the front line, and mm-hmm. it's just come full circle to see what's really important in life. You, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, yep. It shows that our sports are entertainment, but these type of jobs are what makes uh, makes us safe and what makes our world uh, roll, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that was really good advice. I, I was enjoyed this... Uh, I think we've been going for about an hour now. So I think uh, you know, that's I th- I think it's gives everybody I think it's very fitting that we do a, a Veterans Day talk and was was somebody that served in combat, um and and uh did uh several tours and you get to talk about your you know, your journey through the martial arts and what it is. you know, I enjoyed this talk, John. Uh before we go, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh and, you know, whether it's for uh mission 22 uh you know you're, you're 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 trying to help help them with that or they're looking to train uh why don't you give where your your facebook your instagram and and stuff like that is
2: yeah you can find us uh you, you can give us a call yeah. at 661-491-5728 or you can give us an email at info at citadel dot you can also reach us on Instagram at Citadel Krav Maga. You can go ahead and look us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Citadel Krav Maga. Um, and if you're a student, obviously we have our students, uh, student group for uh, Facebook. Uh, with that being said, I'd like to say thank you to uh, all the veterans and to uh, all the active duty servicemen and women. Uh, you know, while I sleep at, uh, in my bed at night uh, safely right now, you guys are out there uh keeping the demons back you know you guys are keeping all the enemy at bay uh first so you know the ems folks the firefighters the law enforcement guys thank you so much you know i, I know you guys get a lot of bad rap uh in certain times and uh, this is the one of the times you know that people should be very thankful because you know they're um they're going through more things that you know they might be answering a domestic violence issue and then they're pulling you over and uh you know they're they're having to learn how to flip the switches you know right you don't know what they just went through or what kind of call or what kind of day they've had and then they're they're having to pull you over and you know um they're dealing with their own stuff and they're trying to be professional and nice and kind uh most of the time you know you you run into to good folks so keep that in mind guys not everybody's a bad guy everyone's mostly good there's there's a lot of good out there the the evil starts to um, show their face. So just, just keep that in mind, guys. Just say thank you to a a veteran. If you find one active duty member, you know, any, anybody, um, make sure you, you folks say thank you. Um, that's pretty much all I've got to say. I mean, yeah.
1: All right, John. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you for your service. And if you guys want to reach out to John, he's giving you this information. Please share this with your, uh, your people or other vets that you have if that can help somebody else have an awesome day
0: you've been listening to real talk with mark cox real life real topics real conversation we're passionate about motivation fitness self-defense weight loss